and welcome to the first episode of Uneven Cones. I am Jack. This is Matt. Matt, say hello. Hello all to our two viewers right now. Hopefully, hopefully we get up to that point. Um, <laughs> so first thing I want to talk about is about the draft is the first thing that I noticed right off the bat before Joe Burrow got picked is that Robert Goodell just looks extremely uncomfortable. He is in his own home. And he, honest to God, kind of looks like he just has no idea what's going on. He did uh-huh. change his mindset up a little bit, you know, when he got into his recliner. And then he got yeah. relaxed. Well, he went, he went from his normal outfit to the, uh, the sweater and mm-hmm. then to the recliner. So he made two changes throughout. Yeah, he's just trying to get himself more comfortable, more used to the camera, I guess. Mm-hmm. He would be. He tried poking fun at himself in the beginning. They had a lot of the fans booing him in the very beginning and uh that was the one good thing I saw from uh Goodell the thing that's cool with that is like he did kind of take it and turn it around because now they're donating money because of that like for mm-hmm. booing the commissioner or whatever like it's it's a good play I respect it but also the dude just looked absolutely ridiculous it's like he makes Bill Belichick look more interesting I would rather have a conversation with a person like Bill Belichick who doesn't show any emotion than Roger Goodell. Just, you just look at him and the way he talks and stuff, it's just, I mean, it just looks like he doesn't want to be there. One thing that was great about Bill Belichick too, um, when they were showing him the first clip, the cut to Bill Belichick and the Patriots GM was just his dog. Yeah, his dog. Just sitting in the chair. Yeah. And that kind of, And the one thing that I don't like is that they 100% glossed over that dog and only showed attention to Joe Judge's dog that was on the cover of, like, the New York, like, like some, some newspaper in New York. And they were just like, oh, his dog Abby. And then the announcer wouldn't stop talking about Abby. Like, like, like Abby's some, like, wonderful thing in the world. And meanwhile, Bill Belichick's dog comes in, steals the entire show. Yeah, that was that was great. There was a lot of things people were saying. It's like, dude, I mean, the Patriots already lost. Uh, you know, they don't have Gronk. They don't have Brady. Fuck it. We're just going to let the dog draft now. <laughs> so. So main thing that I kind of want to get into, first of all, is I want to look at the Bears draft because Chicago guys mm-hmm. start there. Um, I think they had a terrible draft. I'm not going to lie. I don't really Bears okay. draft at all. Okay. And, and here's, here's my main reason. So look, look at what we needed, right? Their main problem was, the, was everyone rushing in and just pounding the crap out of Trubisky. And the one thing that they did do is Cole Komet is going to be good with kind of helping that a little bit because he is a good blocker. But everything else, they just ignored. They ignored our biggest problems. They ignored every single person on offense. They waited until the seventh round to draft. Uh, an offensive line they got a receiver and another tight end which is just crazy to me because now we have a like we have so many tight ends we're gonna end up with Graham Komet and like some other guy and then we're gonna cut like seven mm-hmm. and meanwhile our offensive line is an absolute shambles and it just looks horrendous but we did improve like on a couple holes on defense but that defense is not gonna do anything for us if we can't protect our quarterback and the thing that like they have to know this right that has to be something that they know so my biggest question right now is that did they do this draft just so we could tank 
because it kind of seems like it, like just a little bit. We don't have a quarterback that is necessarily going to like be able to really compete. And really compete, Nick Foles. Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, and he's terrible on every other team. He's only good in Philly, and he doesn't have a okay. line. Okay, I'll continue. Continue. He doesn't have an offensive line, and I think that they know that that was one of our biggest problems. Like, we can't run the ball anymore because we, 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 we couldn't do it last year. What's one guy – what's one seventh-round pick and some dude that we picked and we signed on free agency going to matter for that? We're not going to be able to run the ball. Throwing the ball is just going to be an absolute crazy shit show because everyone's going to be running through our offensive line because it's like Swiss cheese. And I don't think that – the people that we brought in are good enough to, to, to do, to completely stop it because we had some huge problems last year. And it's different if like we were just kind of shaky, we were awful. We were probably one of the worst lines in the NFL and we did nothing to fix it besides drafting a tight end. And like, he's going to be catching passes half the time. So I just have a huge question as to why we would do that kind of, why we would make those kinds of moves. Okay, so I'm gonna answer that. Actually, I think I think I know what's going on in Ryan Pace's head. Where I'm gonna start from the beginning, like what you did. I'm gonna say what the needs were, then say the grade. So I had for the needs was basically what a lot of the ESPN people had: defensive back, tight end, um, offensive tackle, basically an old lineman, and then linebacker because you know you lose Kwiatkowski. Uh, and that, that was your backup last year. So you got to get a new one. Uh, I did not have wide receiver, though. I really didn't think that they needed a new one. I think they got a, a lot of guys in there. Um, but, yeah, so besides – so they had that late seventh-round offensive lineman, uh, the uh, guard they drafted really late. So we're not – I'm not really going to count that. So basically, they didn't address that at all. So I'm giving, I'm giving them a C-plus in this. Uh, which honestly seems a little kind of high because as you mentioned before, that line was like the biggest need heading into the off season. And they really didn't address it in the off season with like any big names. So the question was, there was a big question surrounding pace going into the off season. It was whether or not he could admit on his mistakes and just put his ego aside to improve the team. And he ended up actually doing that because he ended up letting go of Floyd, which was one of his draftees, his first rounders. And he was able to let him go, not sign him to anymore. Uh, then he brought in Foles to, to uh, compete with Trubisky. And, okay, let's be honest. He brought in Foles to be the starter. He, he was able to say, I was wrong in Trubisky. We're bringing in Foles. We want like a, a new starter, basically. He was able to say that. So, you know, at this point, it's not he, – he doesn't have a problem with admitting that he's wrong. I mean, Massey and Leno and Charles Jr., the two uh, tackles, Massey signed a four-year $32 million deal in 2019. Charles signed a four-year $37 million deal in 2017. So both of them, two big contracts, four years, big contracts, big money that uh, Pace handed to them. So you could look at that and say – someone could say, well, he just might not want to bring anyone else or draft someone – because he doesn't want to admit he was wrong. Well, he did admit that he's wrong with the Trubisky, with the Floyd. So one of the moves they made in the offseason was signing the Seahawks, Seahawks lineman, Jermaine Ifedi. I don't know how to say his 
<laughs> I say his last name, but yeah, he played with the Seahawks, so they signed him a one-year deal. He started the past the past four years for the Seahawks. He started all sixty games, so he's not injury prone at all. So that's like a low end, pretty good. We'll see what they do. I wasn't too hyped on it. It was a nice pickup, but you know whatever. So one of the big things that actually no one I didn't even see this was they they got a new offensive line coach, uh, Juan Castillo Castillo from the Buffalo Bills. So the Buffalo Bills last year, so he worked as the offensive line coach and as the run game coordinator for the Bills last year. The Bills in 2019 ranked 7th in the running game with 131 yards per game and the Bears ranked 27th with 91 yards per game. So my theory is that Pace is putting a lot of pressure, not necessarily pressure, uh, this guy, Juan Castillo, to fix that O-line. Because in Pace's defense, we have seen in, – in the O-line, we've seen from the past, they're not too bad, okay? The the one year under John, Fo- John Fox that last year when all they did was run, that was Trubisky's first year. They just ran Jordan Howard basically every play. I mean, they were able to, like, average between 900 yards. Per I mean, like, Howard did pretty decent considering that defense knew what they were doing. So we kind of see in the past that that O-line can get the job done. And obviously they just were terrible last year. I'm not, I mean, they have no excuses for that last year. So the one hope was they said, was Pace said, you know what? We're not going to focus on the draft with getting a new O-line. We're going to focus the draft on addressing other issues. And we're just going to hope that that O-line gets fixed, gets resolved by bringing in this Juan Castillo guy, this, guy who's kind of shown that his run game works that you know his technique works so but yeah overall c plus uh didn't think they needed to draft a, a wide receiver regardless of how upsetting this draft may have been for some people um the packers did worse the Packers yes. did much worse <laughs> my goodness my goodness so you come off of the NFC Championship game. You lose to the San Francisco 49ers. Great team. Um, and the Packers were good last year. I mean, they were, what, like 13th? I mean, they were good in the regular season. I mean, there's no excuse. You're one game away from the Super Bowl, okay? You have the second, arguably the second greatest quarterback of all time. And you finally, for the first time in years, for the first time since the Eddie Lacy era of the half season of Eddie Lacy, you have a run game, okay, with Aaron Jones, okay. Why they decide to go out and draft a quarterback and a running back is beyond me. I understand, I understand that they're replicating what they did with the Favre and Rodgers. I understand that. But then you also have to go look look back and say, when they drafted Favre, or when they drafted Rodgers, my bad, when they drafted Rodgers, they, it was not coming off of a season where they lost in the NFC Championship game. Okay, it was not the same circumstance at all. Okay, they can easily compete next year. But it seems at this point that they are adding stuff so that they can just compete later on post-Rodgers. And so they're kind of – they're in like a mini tank right now. They're kind of just admitting – okay, we're not going to win the Super Bowl right now with the rest of Rodgers for the next, you know, two, two or three years that he's going to be with us. 
we're just going to, I don't know, make the playoffs once, twice. I mean, we make it all three times, but we're not going to win the Super Bowl because we can't surround him with talent. So we're just going to let love develop, develop, and then we're going to see what it goes from there. So it's like a mini tank they're going through right now. It's just crazy that it's just nuts to me that they might be giving up on Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's a couple ways that that draft should have gone for the Packers because of what you said, them losing to the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. They could should have drafted a better defense so they could stop the run, and they should have gotten Aaron Rodgers a couple more weapons if they were serious about competing. And the fact that they drafted a quarterback and the running back, like you said, but in the first two rounds, like you could have drafted them whenever. Like you could have waited a long time to get from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you decided to draft him a quarterback, Jordan Love, in the first round. That just doesn't make sense. That doesn't, that's not a team that's trying to compete, you know? And that just makes me question what their plans are. And that also makes me question how long they're going to continue to have Aaron Rodgers around. And I don't think he's going to finish his career with the Packers. Yeah. I mean, going back, I mean, they've moved up to draft love too. You know, they had to move up a couple spots for that. I mean, they really wanted this guy for some reason. So, so they're set on this guy being there for the next, you know, generation or whatever. Um, if they had, if they were to draft a wide receiver or a tight end, uh, in that second round, instead of a running back, I would have said, okay, they still have faith in, uh, in Rogers. They still have faith in him. They're still trying to surround him with talent. They're just, you know, that was their guy that they wanted, but they didn't do. They got another running back, even though you have Aaron Jones, who had a great year last year. So you grab this 247 pound running back. who basically is going to be like a fat Eddie Lacy, literally just go in there on the third and two or something, that's your second round pick. I mean, I'm happy about it. I really am. I, I, I'm, I'm stack. I think that's great that they're doing this. But, like, the, the only thing is, is I'm also a little worried that Jordan Love is going to be good and we're going to have to deal with that again. But also, Aaron Rodgers isn't finishing his career in Green Bay. And because of what Favre did, it gets my hopes up enough that he's going to come to the Bears. <laughs> Just you because want of Rodgers to the Bears. I would love Rodgers to. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. I don't. I would love it. I'd okay, be so okay with I don't think like he would years. ever come to the Bears because he probably hates the Bears. And, dude, at this point, it's like out of everything he's done to us in the past, in his entire career. There would be so many, so many Bears fans that I just would not accept them. Like, I mean, come on. I don't think he would want to come here. I think that based off the personality that Aaron Rodgers is, he would care more about giving the middle finger to the Packers. And the whole thing is, is he's going to go to a team that can compete with them. So he's going to try and win a championship at the end of this. He's going to want to play the Packers. The Vikings, he's not going to go to the Vikings because Brett Favre already did it. He's not going to do the same thing as Brett Favre. He's too big of an ego for that. Or too big of a chip, I should say. Not really an ego, just a huge chip. And the Bears, I mean, you're, going, you're not going to the Lions. <laughs> like, you think the Lions are going to be able to compete in two years? You're going to have a defense in Chicago. You're going to have Allen Robinson, maybe, who knows if he's still going to be there. Cole Komet will develop. David Montgomery's there chilling. I mean, depending on what we do with quarterback in the future, that's a real possibility. 
I don't see it happening at all. I, I, I don't see it Same. happening. I would, I would love it with all my heart if that I happened. don't think knowing that knowing like the attitude and personality that Aaron Rodgers has, everyone knows it. And the NFL executives and GMs and coaches, they know more than we do, obviously. I, I just feel that the, the culture that Matt Nagy is or has established kind of and is still establishing, just he would not be on board with adding Rodgers into that. I don't think he would. You're telling me that the head coach of the guy who really, really, really liked Mahomes would not be okay with adding a quarterback who is a future Hall of Famer who can sling the ball sim- like the, the most the, you can compare Mahomes in Rogers the most with the two just because of how they can throw athletically and just the ridiculousness of just what they are as a player and their skill set. You're telling me that Matt Nagy wouldn't like having him as a quarterback? Saying he might like him as a quarterback, but he might not like him on the team. Okay, you got to look at two things. Okay, yeah, physically and talent-wise, yeah, Rodgers and Mahomes uh, are the, are very similar. But, like, as a player, as a teammate, they're totally different. And that's why Mahomes is highly regarded as a teammate. And Rodgers literally has been said by so many of his former teammates, he is a terrible teammate. He is – just selfish and all this other crap okay he just that's why I feel he would not fit in Chicago with Matt Nagy's culture that he's established with that locker room with those 53 guys it just wouldn't work out and he wouldn't want it and at the end of that leg of his career Rodgers is 36 36 right now so let's say two or three years he's 38 39 I don't know if the Bears would even want – I don't know how many teams would want to, like, just take him on that. Also, he's injury-prone before. Okay, he's been injured multiple times. So, who says that he doesn't have another huge injury within the next two years where it's like teams say, dude, you're done. Like, we're not going to sign you unless, you know, he goes to some crappy-ass team. Like, the, you know, Browns are probably still going to be terrible. So, (laughs) the Browns or something, I mean – I mean – I, I don't – I think that's a real possibility where he could have another big injury and it would be like that. Yeah, those, those are all things that could absolutely uh, play into it. But I'm going to stay hopeful because I would absolutely love that. And also, you know my roommate, he's a Packers fan, so just having that, holding it over his head like that would just be like the greatest thing in the world for me. Uh-huh. Um, but – Another kind of quarterback controversy similar to this one that happened in the draft was Jalen Hurts got drafted by the Eagles. And, you know, I really don't hate it. I don't think that it was I don't what hate they it needed. Either. I don't think it was what they needed. But like, It wasn't what they needed, but it was – it's going to be – it's going to end up becoming good for them. I'm not convinced on Wentz. Wentz had one good season. He's been injured a lot. I'm not convinced on the guy. Uh, I think that he's it's it seems that he's like a worse teammate than Aaron Rodgers and I don't really think that Aaron Rodgers is a bad teammate I've heard too much of again I said I mentioned my roommate him just defending that with no end but like I I get I get a weird feeling from Carson Wentz that he's like he's he's just not the guy that they're looking for and I think that there's a good chance that they're bringing him in to kind of like they might, they might be cutting Carson Wentz in the next couple of years. I could see I, – I think that Jalen Hurts will be the future quarterback of the Eagles. I could see that happening. 
what they were saying is there's a lot of people speculating that they might run that two quarterback offense. And part of me says that's like ridiculous. Like this is the NFL. You stick the one quarterback and that's what you're doing. Unless you're like uh, Hill from the saints and, you know, you throw them in to play every position in a game. Uh, but the other part of me says, you know, it's Doug Peterson. He's a very smart offensive minded head coach. So obviously he's going to find a way to play these two quarterbacks at the same time. I, I, I don't see a single game this year where both the quarterbacks are healthy and he doesn't have at least one snap for each. Like he's going to find a way to play both quarterbacks at the same time. And I think they might end up becoming that two quarterback offensive system, like a college system, not necessarily like doing the spread every time and, you know, going no huddle, every play but being able to take in Wentz for a drive and maybe just throw in um throw the other guy in for a little bit and you know just flip him out back and forth I think he'll be able to do that I would agree with you but the only thing is is they gave Wentz so much damn money that I don't think that that's possible it's just him being where he is right now with just taking up the majority of their salary cap. And if they have a quarterback who is not getting injured, who is more, who honestly looks like a better playmaker than Carson Wentz is, even though Carson Wentz is a very athletic person, et cetera, et cetera. But Jalen Hurts is also Jalen Hurts, and that dude is a dog. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I could, I, I think that, I think that overall we have like one to two years on Carson Wentz still being um, still being on the Eagles. And I can see him absolutely going somewhere different. Yeah, I can see that too. That's what I'm thinking. They do that two quarterback thing right now for the next year. And that kind of fades Wentz out. And there's one team that just didn't draft a quarterback, which is just the weirdest thing. And it just makes me think only Bill Belichick has the biggest chip on his shoulder that I've ever seen. And that just because, I mean, the man lost Tom Brady. Everyone knows he lost Tom Brady. Everyone's thinking who's going to be the next uh, you know, quarterback for the Patriots, who's following this guy up, who's doing this. And then Bill Belichick is constantly trading up in the draft to draft linebackers and tight ends. And he's just kind of sitting there petting his dog just like, this is the funniest thing. Like, I mean, I, I just the, – the dude just doesn't, like, cease to amaze me. His – him just being completely unfazed by losing one of the best players of all time. And I kind of love it. Like, I really do. Just him being like, all right, whatever. I don't, I don't need Tom. Like, Tom was the best, but I don't need Tom. And it's just the complete confidence that he has in his system and in what he has been able to do as a coach is ridiculous. Because they don't have a quarterback that, that stands out. Hmm? They got Brian Hoyer. That's their yeah. quarterback right now. Yeah, they got Brian Hoyer. You know, it's it's just – I'm amazed at the size of the chip on this dude's shoulder right now. Yeah, I think there's really only one way to go from this. And I think they knew heading into this, this is classic Bill Belichick, Kraft. Uh, this is them two having a, a solid plan heading into draft of getting Cam Newton. I think there's only – one possible way that it can go now. Uh, he's the best quarterback on the market. Um, 
so they do they do a Brian Hoyer, but I think if they're going to start somebody, it's going to be Jared Stidham. Uh, I think that he's just he would be the person that I would see as the most likely to actually start because we all know that Brian Hoyer isn't going to be the guy consistently. He can be like a fill-in guy, but I think they're going to try with Stidham if if they don't get a quarterback. And it's kind of it's seeming more and more likely to me that they're actually going with this guy. But I do think that the best fit for them, if they were, you know, if they were to sign a quarterback, I'd go with Winston. And I know that that's weird because he's got the, you know, the eat the W speech where he's putting his fingers in his mouth like a fucking speech. (laughs) One of the greatest speeches of all time. Yeah, something like that, man. Then I, I think that him being in the Patriots offense could actually really help him. I know he threw 30 interceptions last year, but the main reason that I, that I think that that happened was because the dude is blind. The dude, like, could not see. He was always, like, consistently squinting, even in college, trying to read signs, and he recently got LASIK. So the man can actually so he had, see. He had the surgery in the offseason. So I really think that this guy can can become something here. I heard rumors of him talking to some – like team's quarterback, who was a quarterback guru, and I don't really know what team that was, but it could very well be the Patriots, and that wouldn't surprise me either. I think that Jameis Winston fits in the fact that he can sling it if he has to. Granted, they are not going to be doing much of that. They'll be dinking and dunking, but it should be easy enough for him to complete those passes, and he's looking like a real cheap option who knows what he's doing. And if we're going with Bill Belichick's chip. I mean, turning around that type of quarterback or even, you know, picking up Cam Newton, who is the, who's in the same mindset right now. You know, I think that that kind of works for him. But I think Jameis is going to be the guy who's more like, more like Bill Belichick because Cam is kind of showboating kind of guy who just – he's a big personality. And Belichick doesn't seem to work with big personalities besides Gronk. And I think that Winston is more of his guy. But, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I would love to see the Patriots try and do something. But also, part of me just really wants to see them just not get a quarterback. Like, I really just want to see <laughs> if they just get, like, if they let Brian Hoyer start. Like, I would love that. I would absolutely love to see what happens there. And, I don't know, this this whole uh, Buccaneers and Patriots, like, rivalry that kind of got created is just going to be so fun to watch, like, happen during the season. And I don't even know if they play each other. I got Newton going to Patriots. You got Winston going to Patriots. Who do you think is going to win both that AFC uh, East and AFC South? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was just looking up to see if Tom Brady was playing the Bucks, and they are. Oh, so, okay. okay. Uh, All right. So I'll restate that. All right. So who do you think is going to win the AFC East and e- AFC South? AFC East is I'm I love the Bills I love the Bills this this year I, I think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl and I know that's saying a lot especially with what the what Mahomes is doing over there in Kansas City I, I should say Andy Reid is doing there in Kansas City because he's the one who's drafting people that was an amazing running back pick that they made um but because he's gonna help their offense so much but I think the Bills their defense is just ridiculously good they're gonna be like they're going to be the best defense in the, in the league next year, without a doubt in my mind, especially because of their division. They're going to steamroll through people. And watching what Josh Allen did last year 
and seeing the type of improvement that he made and was able to compete with Deshaun Watson. And the Texans are not a sorry team. Like, they were a very good team. And, I mean, you could see that, yeah, they fell apart against um, Mahomes. But, like, you could see still the lead that they had on them was ridiculous. And then you kind of take a look at, you know, the Bills and what they were able to do against them. And they competed, like, well last year. And now you're adding Stephon Diggs. And now you're adding a new running back, a better defense, Josh Allen improving. I mean, dude, I mean, dude, the Bills are looking good this year. I like them a lot. And then with the South, it's it's kind of boring to say that the Saints are going to win it. But I think the Saints are going to win it. I think the South is the best uh, division in the NFL right now because they have – I mean, their, their worst team is the Panthers – who is who can absolutely compete skill wise? You look at it; they got Teddy Bridgewater, McCaffrey, and then they got Robbie Anderson, who's new. DJ Moore, like they're a good team, but they also definitely need to do some things to improve. But I could see them getting nine wins, you know, for sure. But I could also see them getting six wins, which is kind of tough. Uh, but the best team in that is the Saints, for, okay. for sure. They they got Drew Brees. Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, um, Michael Thomas. So, yeah, I, I got to go with the Saints. Yeah, so my, my picks are the, for the AFC East. I'm going to go with you with the Bills. I just think that all they needed was the downfall. I think they needed the downfall of the Patriots. I don't think they would have ever, ever – not the downfall of the Patriots. They needed Brady to leave. I don't think they would have ever – I wouldn't be picking them to um, win the AFC East if Brady didn't leave. But I'm going to pick them to win the AFC East. Now, the AFC South, I'm going to agree with the fact that the Saints are the best team. But I'm going to say that the Bucks are going to win the AFC South. They are not the best team. They are going to win from being underdog. Surprisingly, Tom Brady is going to be an underdog next year, even with Gronk, even with all the weapons that they got down there, Mike Evans, all those guys, Bruce Arians, I think that they are going to be able to pull it out, but uh, they will not be the best team, if that makes any sense. You can't tell me the Bucks are going to win that division, man. Yeah, I just did. You, you, you can't tell me that. I just did. Tom Brady's not breaking his playoff streak next, next year. Oh, Tom Brady can make the playoffs, but he's not winning that damn division. I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they're winning the fucking division. They they got a they got a whole new system to work on. They got a whole lot more new people. The locker room is going to change entirely. They don't have a defense. Remember that they don't have a defense, and I mean they just they they don't they don't have enough in my mind to really surpass the surpass the Saints, and they're about even keel with me for the Falcons. Well, that's why I'm saying they're the underdogs. They're going to be the surprise of the year. Uh, they're not a surprise. Because they're, not heading, in, because they're not heading into the year being a highly ranked team. I mean, I swear to God, if I see the preseason power rankings by Bleach Report or ESPN and they have the Bucks as the top ten, I'm going to lose it because, you know, they're just doing that just because it's Brady and Gronk. Two players doesn't make a team go to the playoffs, obviously, or be a top ten team, let alone. But I, I think as the year gets on, goes on, they can get there. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you remember how much hype the Browns had last year? 
that was the ridiculous amount of hype I've ever seen in my life. You can't – they went from not making the playoffs for about, what, 10, 12, 15 years, whatever it was, to being, like, number three Super Bowl favorites. I think – I don't know how that happens. The pa- – or not the Patriots, Jesus. The Buccaneers are going to receive the same treatment – and they're going to be overrated as hell going into it. They're going to underperform for what everyone thinks of them. But for Tom Brady going to a new team, he's going to do great. But the thing is, you can't tell me they're going to win that division when the Saints are there. They're my, they're my sleeper pick. They're my sleeper pick for winning the division. It's not a sleeper pick, though. There are plenty of people that think that they're going to win the division. Just because Tom Brady's there, they're going to be like, oh, man, he's just going to be the best quarterback of all time and just win everything. He's a guy. He he's he's done plenty of things where he hasn't won before, and he's had some bad seasons as a Patriot. And it's not even like really bad. I'm saying bad, but they made the playoffs consistently. But this is his first time in a long time in a tough division, a very tough division. It's going to be completely different, completely new team, completely new everything. You can't tell me he's going to be the same person he was as soon as he steps into that locker room. And especially with all this going on right now, they're not going to be able to actually work together until whenever. So I really don't think that you – I, I just don't think that they'll win the division. I think they can be a playoff team for sure. But to, to say they're going to be better than the Saints, that's a tall order. All right, we'll do one quick note, put you on the spot for like 30, 45 seconds. Put me on that spot, brother. Yeah, Okay. Yes, no, or I don't know yet. Will the Bears make the playoffs next year? Right now, it's a no. If they don't, it, it, that draft was so bad, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. I'm on the I don't know bandwagon right now. I, I think it's you can't tell until I don't even know when you can be able to tell. I That's mean, this crazy. Team is, That's I think crazy. it's, I'm going to be I don't know on this team until week eight or something because. You need to see how the Foles plays out. You need to see how that O-line plays out. You need to see how Komet plays out. You need to see how the, how strong that defense is. Is, is the defense going to be like 2012 or 2013 when they just carried the team? I mean, you, you need to see how that happens. So I'm going to be I don't know for right now. But That's crazy that you asked the question and then you immediately copped out of it. That's nuts. Yeah, isn't it now? Make a choice, Matt. Give me a give me a yes or no. I'm putting you on the spot. I can't make an answer. My prediction: if if the season were to start today, with the team that they have and the division that they're in, I would say no. There's no way they're winning the division. If anything, they'd push for I, a no. Hard they're spot. not. I don't have them as favorites winning the division. No, it's gonna be the Packers. They're getting into the uh, playoffs a wild card if they do. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. So we'll see how they do against, like, the number two-seeded team. I think they're going to be the number three wildcard team if they make it. I don't see them being anything more than that just because, again, they didn't fix their they didn't fix their biggest problems. It's kind of sad. Yeah. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? All right. Bill, Belichick, Bill Belichick's dog or Joe Judge's dog? Bill Belichick's dog. Thank you. Thank you, you talked about that earlier. I know, but I just needed to know where you stood on it. Of course, it's going to be Bill Belichick's dog. Good. I wouldn't have it any other way. Me neither. Virtual draft, regular draft. Which one was more fun to watch? Probably. Which one was more fun to watch? Obviously, regular draft. Which one was more fun to make fun of? Virtual mm. draft. Mm. My goodness, ESPN. They had to have, like, 
every pick had to have some some person die. They had to acknowledge it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. So one of them was like an uncle. Like, okay, I get it. Like, if you were close, but it's like, it seemed like they were stretching for a lot of these. Uh, one guy that I was kind of watching, and, and like the, the dude's name was Uter, or Uter Gross, Gross Matos. Sorry, Uter Gross Matos. I was like, that guy has the best name ever. But then they immediately followed that up with his brother got struck by lightning and died. And his dad drowned trying to save them. I was floored. Yeah, like, I didn't dude, know. I don't need to know that. I was like, yo, this guy's got a bomb-ass name. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, his brother got struck by lightning. What? I mean, I mean, there's some things where it's like, the audience is not, you know, the world doesn't really need to know that, okay? Like, what do you see on the draft when it's the regular draft? You have occasionally someone will go up and will like, you know, we had the one player, was it two years ago last year, he brought up like a portion of his grandma or someone like that. Like, yeah, they, that's they fine, don't... but that's like one in like, that was like one or two of the guys of the first round of 32 guys. This was like every player, they had to find a deceased relative. I'm just going to go ahead and talk fantasy because it's going to kill me if I don't. Uh, so, the person – I think who's going to be the rookie running back that has the most value has got to be Jonathan Taylor. That dude behind that Colts O-line catching passes from Phillip Rivers who loves to dump off just as much as Tom Brady does. <sighs> Matt, there are going to be so many points. There are going to be so many points, dude. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do for sure. Taylor's gonna have a good year. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a good pick by the Colts. Great pick, great pick by the Colts. Colts are looking interesting for next year. That's a that's a team to keep an eye on. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll be they'll be the same as they were. They they could you know what? We'll, we'll say they could maybe make the. I'll say I'll say that they could maybe make the uh, the seventh spot in the wild card. That's, that's, wild that's what I was thinking. They're, they yeah. could just slip in there. It'd be like – it'd be the team. It would go all the way to the last week, and they would have to win a game and have, like, two other teams lose, but could happen. Bengals got a shot, though. Oh, no. Their defense is so bad, but their offense looks so cool. <laughs> like, their offense looks really good. We'll, we'll see. I think Burrow's going to show some flashes this year. I'm not, not giving not, the Bengals. Not, 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 that's a hot take. He'll show flashes, of course. I hope he does. If he doesn't, then it's like, wow, this guy's a bust. Uh, he's not going to bust. I don't think he's going to bust. No, he won't bust. His bust will be like he'll jump around to three teams and end his career after like eight seasons. That'll be a bust for him, which yeah. in retrospect is not that bad of a career. No, I don't think that'll happen either. I think he's going to be a franchise guy there, but so does everybody else in, in the world. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think that does it for our first episode of Uneven Cones. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back at some point. We're going to talk about the last dance. Um, Michael Jordan soon. That'll be a lot of fun because clearly we like Chicago or Bulls fans. So there we go. I'll see you guys later.